You know, as I've been recording my previous podcast, Forward Thinking Founders, I've always been wondering what happens in the psychology of a young Steve Jobs, a young Katrina Lake, a young Charles Hudson, before they've found any success yet, before they have any indicators that they will build giant companies or venture capital firms. And as I interviewed hundreds of founders on my podcast, Forward Thinking Founders, I just thought, how interesting would it be to get into the psyche and the psychology and the brain of these extremely high aptitude young people before they have found any element of success and the only person truly betting on them at the moment is themselves. So this is a podcast where I interview middle school, high school, college age, and recent grad aged people who want to break into tech that are very high aptitude, that are very intelligent. So we're going to be exploring what makes them tick, what they spend their time thinking about, how they think about the world, what they want to work on. And maybe, just maybe, out of some of the guests that I interview, they will become prolific founders and venture capitalists. And then we can go back to these episodes and say, this is what they were like before the success. This is Early Bets on the Forward Thinking Media Network. Let's get into today's episode. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Alexis Weisman. Um, welcome to the show. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for having me. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. For people that don't know anything about you or what you're up to, I purposely didn't introduce you into like what you're involved with because I wanted you to like share what you're, what you're most, what you yeah, like, align yeah. with, most with right now. So I guess for people that want to know, what kind of, can you please introduce yourself and share what you're working on? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Alexis. I'm currently a rising senior at Emory University, and I am pursuing an interdisciplinary degree there. So uh, for those who are kind of unfamiliar with that, it's um, kind of almost similar to that of an undergrad PhD in that you work with a team of professors who serve as your mentors and kind of helping you develop your thesis and uh, choose your course schedule and things like that. Um, So right now I'm currently focusing on uh, an honors thesis that kind of delves into uh, looking into tech hubs and specifically in Atlanta and and how to uh, really grow and develop the most successful and sustainable tech hub. Um, And so kind of on that front, I'm super interested in venture and entrepreneurship and uh, over the past couple of years have had the opportunity to work uh, with accelerators and startups and most recently a couple of great venture funds. Uh, and I'm currently working with Contrary uh, as a venture partner there at Emory. So for those who are unfamiliar with Contrary, uh, we're a university-focused fund that solely invests in student and university-focused entrepreneurs. So that's kind of what I've been working on and my interest. Yeah, for sure. That is all awesome. I I... Whenever I do early bets episodes and I just hear what, what like someone in your seat is working, I'm just like, damn, I'm, that is the coolest stuff. Like when I was like in college, I was like doing, you know, fraternity, like, you know, alumni related, you know, just like this, whatever I was doing. I'm just like, damn, if only I got into tech a little earlier, but luckily (laughs) to relive it, right. um, By talking to people like you. So, so Let's kind of start with, um, like, I want to dive into the different things you're involved with, but I, I think to start, what right now takes up most of your mental energy? Like, I know you, I know you mentioned that you're, you're, you're doing, most recently you're doing Contrary, um, 
Like, is that where you're spending most of your, your time? Or, or I guess, what is a day in the life of someone involved uh, um, in tech as you are? If you can share just kind of like where you spend your mind share, that would be a great place to start. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for me, I think uh, what I really enjoyed most about tech and specifically venture uh, is really following trends and, and staying up to date with what people are working on. Talking to founders uh, is probably one of my favorite things. I try to talk to as many founders as possible um, because they have really great feel for what's happening, what's going on, especially founders at Emory and on campus. Um, so typically you can find me, I'm constantly on Twitter reading articles, um, reading sub stacks and yeah, mostly just continually following trends and trying to stay up to date with uh, kind of the areas that I'm interested in in terms of tech and VC. And yeah, I, I want to touch more on that in a bit on just trends and obviously understanding trends and what's coming is crucial to be a good investor. You know, that that's kind of sure. that, that's really important. But before we get into all of that, I kind of want to roll back the time a little bit and hear about the moment or like the time that you decided you wanted to break into tech and how you kind of um, ventured into tech? Was it a connection? Was it just your degree that kind of forced you into all of it? Um, I guess we'd love to hear your road into, into startups and technology. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for me growing up, I was always really fascinated by tech. I can remember, uh, you know, seeing when my mom first got like her Razor Motorola flip phone and freaking out because it was the coolest thing ever. Um, and kind of when I was much younger, actually, I was a reporter for Scholastic News Online. And I had the opportunity to interview Dean Kamen, who was the creator of the Segway, and uh, interviewed him at his first robotics competition. And I was just blown away by all these kids working on their robots and tech and whatnot. Um, and kind of following from there, I had another opportunity to cover uh, the TechCrunch Disrupt New York Conference as a reporter. And that was truly, I think, the moment that just blew me away, walking into that conference, uh, speaking to entrepreneurs, hearing what VCs were thinking about and looking at in terms of new investments and just the level of energy that was in that room just like totally blew me away and really convinced me that like, wow, I have to find some way to be able to work with these people and work in tech because like this is the future and I want to be involved in it. Um, and so kind of following from there in high school, uh, I took a couple coding classes, uh, was one of really like the only girls in my class doing that. And I really enjoyed the process of building and developing and getting to take an idea and, and see it to fruition, but kind of quickly learned that I was more interested in the side of developing the business model and uh, finding the right partnerships and people to work with rather than uh, the engineering side. So in terms of uh, leading me to Emory, that kind of uh, led me to looking at just a variety of schools. I was really open to anything, but I wanted the option for a business school, which Emory did have. Um, and then kind of 
uh, my road into tech really started uh, really unconventionally almost. I uh, took a really strange mixture of classes. My first semester freshman year, I took like a documentary film class and I took journalism and I took an econ class and some other classes. And it was really the documentary film class that kind of uh, helped me to, to my road to tech almost um, because later that year I found an opportunity with SAP.io, which is the corporate startup accelerator program of SAP. And they were looking for someone who had literally like the exact skills I had developed in my documentary film class, which was looking for someone who could create video content and other types of content to promote and support the program and so I found myself that summer working at SAP amongst this incredible batch of entrepreneurs and uh, really great managers who were really uh, well well versed in the VC and entrepreneurship space and uh, kind of led, led from there. So it kind of seems like you just kept finding yourself in situations that got you deeper and deeper into tech and like co cooler and cooler situations, um, which leads me to ask, you know, you don't just get given, you don't just like have the situations given to you. It's like, great, this is what you're doing. Yeah. This is like what your life is. It's decisions, like decisions right. drive everything in your life. And clearly, you, you've made some decisions that have taken you down a, a, a path. And, you know, you're still early on the path, right? You've like, just like, just like me, just like anyone in tech period, like a decade in tech is like a century. So every, anyone is early in tech. So I'm curious for, curious for you, how do you, you evaluate opportunities now? And how do you make decisions as someone... I can imagine it's probably in demand for things. People probably ask things that like, you know, cause like you're just like in these networks and you're doing these awesome things. I'm sure people ask things of you. How do you evaluate opportunities and just how do you make decisions on what to work on? Yeah, definitely. It's a great question. I think, uh, especially kind of in, in the situation now, there's like lots of opportunities to be had and then to, uh, capitalize on. And I think that, it's, it can be tricky, um, I think, especially in an environment like Emory. Sometimes you see a lot of people um, more focused on like corporate opportunities or you know opportunities related to a specific vertical. And uh, for me, I think regarding uh, evaluating opportunities, I was always really focused on uh, you know the people. I think at the end of the day, it's really the people you're working with and and their experience and and what they're looking to create. And so. For me, working at SAP.io was a really great example of that. Um, my boss was just so incredibly passionate about entrepreneurship and venture. She had launched some of her own ventures and um, you know, just was really excited about making that program a success. And kind of you know, following that, the next summer I worked at Coterie, which is an e-commerce party supplies startup. And again, same thing, the people were just incredible. It was a team of two co-founders who had met at Daily Harvest, uh, which is a smoothie startup. And they were just really passionate about bringing their idea to life. And so I think ultimately it's, it's the people and then also kind of evaluating like, all right, like what's my next step here? And is this going to bring me closer to that? So a lot of people ask me sometimes like, oh, you've kind of like, you know, moved back and forth between working for a startup or working in venture. Like, you know, why not just pick one? And I think um, that's really more so about 
gaining, gaining the full experience because I think in order to be a great investor, you really need to understand the founder side of things. And so having those opportunities to kind of oscillate back and forth uh, has really helped me gain a more valuable insight into supporting founders and, and finding them the best opportunities. So let's talk about the investing. So do you, so you're responsible for finding top founders around your university. How do you, I mean, how do you find founders and how do you evaluate if a founder is good? I feel like at, in, co- in, in college, it's different. Like if you're a VC at Sequoia, you know, you just look at like the best op, the best deal flow available and that's oh, yeah. a repeat yeah. founder, et cetera. But you are looking at probably, I mean, I'm sure some repeat founders that, you know, there are very smart young entrepreneurs, but like probably a lot of people that aren't repeat founders, right? So right. how do you evaluate talent at the, the collegiate, collegiate level? Yeah, I definitely, that's a great question. And it's something that I'm continually learning uh, just because again, it's, it's really tricky. You know, these people, they're still in college. And so it's kind of like, how do you make sure that, they have the skills and, and understanding to take their business from zero to one. And uh, for me, I think it's really a matter of looking at their background and, and seeing, you know, what clubs were they involved in, what experiences, uh, you know, did they pursue and, you know, where does their interest really lie? So if it's something related to healthcare, you know, like, are they pre-med or are they involved in uh, our innovations uh, club related to healthcare? Um, you know, just kind of really understanding their background, seeing whether or not they really want to work in it full time. That's another really big uh, question that, you know, really early stage university founders have to ask themselves is, you know, am I willing to potentially drop out? Am I willing to pursue this full time postgrad? Um, and, you know, if they are, that's a really great sign to me because it shows me that they're super passionate and willing to give anything for their startup, uh, which is really exciting. Um, but at the same time, you know, you really have to balance all these various factors about, you know, their background, what they've been involved with, and uh, whether or not they're willing to go full steam ahead with their their company. And, I mean, yeah, that all makes sense. It's like showing previous, it's almost the same as, as like a venture capitalist at, at A16Z or any of these funds. <laughs> it's like, you you look at behavior of the past and doesn't match up with 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 what winners you know in venture have done you know previously which makes sense do, do you kind of do you want to be a vc after uh like after college or just in life or um or are, are you still kind of figuring out where you want to land in tech post college how do you feel about um yeah the future and 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 what what you want to do yeah, definitely. I think for me, I am really interested in uh, potentially working as an investor. I just love the whole process of finding an opportunity, meeting with the founder, doing due diligence on potential opportunities. I think for me, the most exciting part about BC is being able to just like continually learn about so many different areas and opportunities and verticals and uh, things that you may have never encountered in your life before and, and just, you know, completely doing a deep dive into that space, into that area and learning as much as you can. Um, so for me, I definitely think I would love to officially one day be an investor. Um, at the same time, I'm always, you know, reading articles, looking at trends, following new ideas and, um, continually have a list of, of ideas that I would love to be working on. So, um, 
definitely long-term would love to be an investor, but at the same time, uh, you never know. So. Yeah, it's definitely a good mindset. You really never do know. Um, it's the world of tech is just, it's so fun because it moves so quickly. And if you're, if you're smart, not, if you're smart in a way that you're willing to learn and like admit that you may not know everything, not you particularly, but just anyone. And, and, and you're also have a capability to network and meet and meet people. But the, really the potential is limitless of like what you could do in tech. Like for me, I, I also am in the same boat as you where like, I'm very interested in being an investor. Like I, I, I think I could pick winning founders, which means I'd like be feel like I'd be good at the pre-seed stage, like post a, like, no thanks. But like, at the same time, though, it's just like, look at all the startup opportunities that are that are out there. So um, I feel yeah. like it's whatever opportunity comes up, you know, is the one is the one to, 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 to snag. Do you what what advice do you often give to people, not even necessarily founders that are pitching you, but um, just generally someone in college that wants to break into technology, break into startups, you, you, you're on your, I mean, you've already broken in, you're on your way to, you know, keep building up your reputation. What do you tell someone that, that knows nothing, doesn't even know what, like, like, you know, who uh, any VCs are or anything, but wants to learn? What, what would you tell that kind of person? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the number one thing I would tell people is to just be open to exploring and learning and work hard. Um, and I can't stress that enough. I think that when you really show your passion for something, like people will recognize that. And through that, you'll find new opportunities. And, uh, you know, for me, I was really lucky to be able to have certain opportunities, whether it be working with Female Founders Fund or just some other, um, you know, opportunities that I've had. And it's really come through you know, working hard and demonstrating my passion for, for working with entrepreneurs and venture, um, that's led me to other opportunities. So I think that like the number one thing I would say is, you know, really work hard, do, do what you need to do to show that passion, you know, whether it be finding opportunities to get involved in entrepreneurship clubs in your school, you know, maybe it's launching even a fund at your school. You know, I know a lot of people who have started uh, venture funds to support their school system and invest in entrepreneurs there where they might not have funding from their school or other um, funds like Contrary or, or things like that. Um, but yeah, so definitely work hard and then, you know, really just be open to learning and exploring new opportunities. Um, I know that even in Atlanta, we have lots of great opportunities to get involved in the startup ecosystem there. Um, just be continually open to exploring and trying new things and meeting new people because, you know, that's also another really critical component to, I think, you know, clearly being a successful uh, venture capitalist as well as an entrepreneur is, is having that network and, and, you know, knowing that like, oh yeah, my friend's working on X company, I can connect you, um, just kind of things like that. So I would say, you know, work hard, be open to new opportunities and exploring and, uh, you know, really find ways to meet new people. And then finally, what we started the conversation mainly with trends and I want to, I want to finish on it. What trends in tech are interesting to you right now? Let's talk about from the investor investor lens. And, and if the answer is different from a founder lens, love to hear both. Cause you know, what might be interesting for an investor, um, you know, what might be interesting for a founder may not be interesting for an investor um, and vice versa. So I guess what's interesting to you in the trend trends right now? Yeah, definitely. I think a trend that I've been following for a little bit of time now is kind of this whole idea of 
uh, your, having your community as like a moat. So I think there's been, you know, we're seeing lots of these really niche communities developing, especially given the whole COVID situation with people being at home and trying to recreate this feeling of, of being together and, and having that sense of community. And, you know, whether it be platforms like Alpha that are focused on supporting women in tech um, or even just some other platforms that have come across. There's a, a new platform now that's helping fitness instructors connect to their clients um, and, you know, really finding ways to develop these more direct connections. Even things like Clubhouse, you know, where, which is clearly really popular with VCs. Um, just it's popular that. with VCs. I didn't even realize. <laughs> oh, really? Had no idea. Had no idea. Um, that, so that stuff is that Clubhouse was. I mean, I'm 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 just excited to see what is going to happen with it. Just because it, what a wild two months and funding round. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think, but I, I think the real clear thing with Clubhouse is that it shows just how successful having that really niche community can be. Because ultimately, like. You know, the, the beta uh, version of it is really just VCs and everybody flocked to it because it was a great way to have these really direct connections. And so I think when you can create a platform that gives people more of a direct connection to, uh, you know, the top people in that field or that vertical, it's, you know, going to be really supportive for that community. And, you know, I actually came across a Substack post, I think it was from late checkout by Greg Eisenberg and discussing all about the unbundling of Reddit. And I thought it was such a genius way to put it because, you know, you're seeing these platforms like Nextdoor um, and others like it because people are, are really disenfranchised with like the larger social media platforms, whether it be like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, and they're looking for better ways to be able to connect with that community. So it's something I've been following for a while, tracking some founders in that space. So really excited about that. I'm actually looking at different community apps right now to use for the forward thinking founders community. I fully agree that 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 is the ultimate moat. Like people, people is the moat, right? And and if you have a community, you can't just like replace community. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Definitely learned a ton. I, I, I think a lot of it golden nuggets for people wanting to break into tech as well. I guess to, to, for the final question, um, well, I guess two final questions. Um, second to last question is, if there's, is there anything that you just, if, if, let's say someone's listening that they just want to soak up you know, anything you want to say, what's one last piece of advice maybe you wish you would have given yourself when you were, you know, five years ago or one, one last thing that you think could help any listener trying to break into tech and then we'll get your social media and then we'll call it a day. Yeah, absolutely. I think number one thing I wish I would have done five years ago maybe is just like read more, just like read books, read magazines, read articles, sub stacks, anything. I think the more information you soak up, the more it allows you to think about new ideas, develop new ideas and iterate on older ideas or, or just learn from people. I, I mean, it's so simplistic, but really just read as much as you can anything because at the end of the day, if you want to innovate, if you want to even invest, I think it's super important that you actually have a good feel for, for what you're doing and, and you know the future of trends and things like that. So definitely read more. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And for 
people that like what you have to say and want to follow you for more thoughts or connect with you or anything like that, how can people get in touch? Do you have a Twitter, LinkedIn, email, website? How, how, what's the best way for people to connect? Yeah, absolutely. So my Twitter is Alexis AJ Wiseman. And uh, you can reach me at Alexis at contrarycap.com uh, or find me on LinkedIn. All right. Thanks for coming on to Early Bets. Yeah, thanks so much for having me.